Hey everyone, welcome to the Truth About Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Ma, and today on this episode, we're talking podcasting for real estate professionals and investors with founder and CEO of Podcasting You, Trevor Oldham. Come on, thanks for, uh, for being here on the show. So glad to have you here. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you today and hopefully provide some value to your audience. Great. So yeah, I wanted to get started and just, you know, talk to you about like, how did you get started in, you know, real estate and then as um, setting up podcasting you as well? And like, why does that matter? And how does that help? Yeah, most certainly. I think looking at my story, it starts back in 2015. And at this time, I was running a different company back then. And with that company, we were marketing the company in different traditional ways, Facebook and LinkedIn, Instagram. But I realized that I wanted to go out there and, and do a new medium. And I heard about this thing called podcasting. was a little bit unsure about it, but I thought it'd be a cool thing to do. So I actually started my own podcast back back when I was still in college back in 2015. And I just wow. started interviewing people. They weren't necessarily real estate people. They were just entrepreneurs. I'd, I'd read a business book and I thought the author was pretty cool. So I'd reach out to him and, and try to interview him. So I, I did that for about two years and it was a good passion project, but it wasn't making any money. So what I actually did is I started freelancing the skills that I had learned. I was editing people's podcasts. I was writing show notes for them. And then I actually started booking people to be a guest on other people's podcasts. And my first client was a turnkey real estate investor based out of LA, started with her four years ago, and then just sort of started to take on more clients. And then a little over two years ago, where we started, when this business started, we were everywhere. We were taking on any type of client that we could get, if it was a therapist, if it was a political person, if it was a health and wellness, we were all over the board. And I realized that the best thing for the business would be to niche down. And I went back through and I said, who are the type of clients that I love to work with? Who are the easiest to get along with? And typically, who are going to see the, some of the best results? And that's where it always gravitated back towards real estate investors. And then that's where we've been able to really grow our company. We specialize in the real estate investing niche. And, and that's really how it started. I never expected, you know, back in 2015, starting my own podcast that it would lead me to starting this business. But it did. And, and that's the way that it happened. And, and it's been a wonderful journey seeing especially all the different niches in the real estate space. I thought that I was niching down just being in real estate without even realizing how many niches there are just within the space itself. That's quite a bit. Yeah. In real estate and just podcasting in general, like there's so many different topics in real estate alone mm -hmm. and then going off to many other industries uh, definitely gets complicated. It's kind of nice to see that, yeah, you niche down and in the real estate space, there's so many different, uh, you know, different people and different types so you can really find your way there like in 2015 too how how big was podcasting back then for real estate it probably wasn't that big back then and i i now that i think about it, so I, remember, I didn't run that podcast yeah. since 2017 and i wish mm -hmm. i had because back then it was super easy to get a large listenership there weren't that there weren't nearly as many podcasts as there were out there today so it was a lot uh, a, a lot easier i just wish i wasn't as naive and said oh you know let's just drop this thing <laughs> looking looking back on it now but it was definitely a lot smaller and i think over the last five years or so it's definitely increased tremendously and has grown into a really big market where now you know you see companies such as like spotify buying uh like the joe rogan podcast for like a hundred million dollars like you wouldn't have seen that big yeah. of an investment in any single podcast five years ago that's very true. Yeah. And I think the podcasting industry alone has grown so big over the past five years. Yeah, mm -hmm. you can see it. And there's so many more. But even then, it's like in even real estate, like how many people actually listen to real estate podcasts? Like, what are they listening to? Um, how many shows are there out there? You know, but I think yeah. like one of those bigger podcasts has, has a, quite a big audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have quite a big audience. I remember listening to them 
back in the day when I was in the gym, <laughs> not really not, before I even was really into real estate investing and didn't know too much about it. And it was just funny listening to that show. And then now I don't think that they were as big of a household name now that as they were. So this is probably again, probably back in 2015, 2016. So that was really the first, I think I typed in like real estate investing on Apple and, and their show popped up and, and started listening to them. But since then, I would say there's probably to 200 real estate investing shows that are out there. And I want to wow. say when I first started, you know, well, let's say that that real estate investor out of LA, there's probably maybe 40 real estate investing shows. I would consider good quality shows, you know, publishing episodes consistently, you know, have a good, decent sized listenership. So it's definitely increased uh, a lot since then. And, you know, for those podcasts, just because we're talking on the topic right now, um, are they usually like short length, medium length, or like long, you know, long format? Yeah, I find that typically what, what I see is best is anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes is like the perfect amount. Sometimes there might be, you know, more than that, you know, let's say 45 minutes or an hour. Those are good as well. Typically anything under, you know, 20 minutes, especially if you're interviewing a guest, you know, you're probably not getting as much as you could out of that potential guest because everyone has a story and there's a there's a lot to unpack and, and a lot to share. So typically I find that sweet spot. 20 to 30 minutes that isn't to say like joe rogan's podcast yeah. where it has like you know three <laughs> three four hours not saying if anyone's thinking about starting a podcast you definitely don't have to go that long but typically 20 30 even 45 minutes is is about the ideal length that sounds good yeah i think yeah our show's an hour long it goes by really quickly and even within the hour there's so much to talk about there's so much great stories and then things you can really dive into and it's hard to really dive deep into a conversation in that short time frame, right? Like even hours, hard to get everything in there. And people always want to hear, like, I love that story. I want to hear more. I want to hear like the details, the how to, and like, you know, why and everything else. 20, 30 minutes for us is a little harder to do <laughs> to really get it. I can get the gist of it, the high level, but there's a lot of high level out there. But so you want to really dive in, right? Yep, yep, exactly. And that's why it's nice having those a little bit longer of a podcast. We're able to dive in and, and unpack someone's story. And, and what I really appreciate about your podcast, and as we were talking before I hopped onto the show, is that you make the questions personalized. It's not the same questions that you would give every single guest. Each 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 person that's coming onto your show, Matthew, I'm assuming we all have different stories. So I find that even yourself and, and your team making it super personalized is probably going to allow you to have a longer of an episode versus some of the hosts out there that use the same exact questions and then rip through the interview in, in 20 minutes. Yeah, I think I, for us, we have a team um, of my assistants helping too is marketing. Um, it's really when we look at you and we, you know, look at through your bios, really try to understand. And the reason we do this so much work up front is because we really want to ask good questions to our guests and so our audience can hear it. And we really try to drill down to learn more about you and like your experience. And like what better time to do it now because you're on the show and you're seeing it. And if to you, it's personalized to you. So it actually helps hopefully bring out some of your interesting topics to you and like use that content to put it through your social media platforms and, you know, cut it all up too, right? So there's a different experience. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, exactly. I definitely commend you for that. <laughs> Thanks. So like, how does podcasting really help investors, you know, syndicators and real estate professionals by like being a guest? Like, how does that really help them? I find it works in a couple of different ways. And first it goes back to what is the person looking to do? So if you're looking to raise capital, it's a good vehicle for that. Cause you can not only go on real estate investing podcasts, you can go also go on podcasts, targeting accredited investors. There's podcasts out there for doctors, lawyers, dentists, those type of podcasts that are talking about passive income streams, you know, you have this lawyer that's making 300k per year, but they don't want to be a lawyer forever. 
So then you could be a real estate investor on that show and it's talking to other lawyers. So there's that aspect of it. There's the networking aspect of it where you go on, you get to network with the podcast hosts. You get to have a nice conversation with them, whether that, as we discussed, 20, 30, 45 minutes, even an hour. And then you also even get to generate more exposure for yourself if you want to help build out some credibility, if you're raising capital and people don't know that much about you. Well, you can go on a couple of podcasts and you can point them to your website where they could hear about your full journey, your full story. We're on a sales call. It might not be that easy to, to talk to them 30 minutes or so on your whole on your whole investing journey. And that's why I find that podcasting gives a great avenue for real estate investors is to do an, any number of things, but really importantly, it comes down to like raising that raising capital and also just generating more exposure for themselves. Cause you could have the best real estate investing company in the world, or you could have a deal that you put under contract, but you can't raise capital for it. And that deal ends up not closing. And so just by going on these podcasts, it just allows you to get yourself out there and, and to build your personal brand and, and to get that credibility. I like that too. And I really see that value in podcasting because yeah, even for us, you know, almost near our 50th show already in the past year, and it's been a good journey because you really get to learn, especially as a host, for example, as a host, you get to learn how to ask really good, interesting questions. You get to actually ask, you know, guests about these questions and they're on your show and, you know, they're open to having a conversation, open to opening to help the audience and share their knowledge. That's amazing too, because like whenever would I get the chance to meet you to have a great conversation and to record it other mm -hmm. than podcasting or, you know, having a YouTube video, most likely not. Right. And especially now in this space in 2021, you can go global. Like you can actually mm -hmm. ask people all over the world and you're really going to find interesting people. If you were to do it locally, like how often would I meet you? Would you fly over here? Would you have a conversation? No telephone. You don't really get to know each other and you can't be asking these deep questions because they'll start saying why are you in, why are you grilling me asking me 24 questions <laughs> and like you know who are you again right but when you have a platform now people are like oh okay great by being on your show i'm getting exposure to your network you're getting exposure to my network we're helping each other we're sharing with the audience providing value and hopefully through throughout time everyone does this together you're going to really big build a big audience and that's a lot of fun almost certainly and you can think about if you want to connect with other real estate investors you can go to your local ria and there might be you know 10 or 20 people there but then all of a sudden you go on a podcast and you tell someone you tell the audience that you're looking for help in some area or you need some advice and then now you're speaking to everyone across typically the entire united states and then even potentially outside of the country as well and that's not going to happen by just going to going to a local meetup but it just allows you to reach a, a far broader audience I like that too, because nowadays a lot of people, you know, they spend time, they listen to different podcasts and then they see different names pop up and then they start hearing more. And as each conversation goes, their story changes, you know, here and there, and they start adding different um, perspectives because different questions that host ask. And I like the fact that you're able to go into a global audience now and that you meet different hosts across the country. Those hosts become your friends and they start saying, Hey, actually, I know people in your area now for real estate investing or even if you're looking out of state, you start building a lot of really good connections and it makes it so much simpler to you know, be in that kind of network. So that way you can do more deals, right? Oh, oh, exactly. And that's, that's a nice part about it. Like, let's say you're, let's go back to like, let's say a turnkey investor and mm -hmm. you want to go into the Memphis market or the, the Cleveland market, Kansas city market, and you've never, you know, you never invested in there. All of a sudden you go on a podcast, maybe the hosts invest there, or maybe the audience has some, you know, someone in the audience owns a turnkey property out there or, or knows exactly what to do out there, then you're able to connect with them and you're able to go outside a market just by going on that one podcast and putting yourself out there and, and, and connecting with the host. 
Yeah, I think that's the amazing part of it too, because now, yeah, those people. In, one thing I, le- I learned too is that all the podcast hosts are helping each other too. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we all do podcasts. We're in the same kind of mindset. We want to help each other grow. And then they go, they start introducing to all these other people. Like, hey, I know you're syndicating. You're investing in these areas. You should actually speak to these guests, these hosts in those areas who are doing these big deals. Other than hopping on podcasts, you probably wouldn't have ever met them. You wouldn't know know they be they're syndicating, investing in those areas. Oh, exactly. You would you would never know. And and I can tell you that working in a lot of different niches, the last you know previous like before the last two years, I could tell you that when it comes to real estate investors, they're the nicest group of people, and everyone wants to help each other out. And I just I didn't get that vibe when I was working with a lot of these entrepreneurs and and business coaches. I felt like everyone was like. Well, if I help this guy out, then that's taking away from my business. Yeah. Where I feel as though in the real estate investing space, people are just, you know, there's tons of deals to go around. There's people are investing in different markets that are different stages of their life. And they're all just trying to help each other out. So I could definitely attest to that and, and definitely say that people are always trying to help each other out in the space. I like that too. I noticed um, the host and the guest are have really a, a good abundance mindset. If they're willing to be a host, they're willing to be um, a guest, then they're most likely on the abundance mindset. And yeah, for example, let's say all of us can afford the same thing. It's not all going to be at the exact same time, same location, mm-hmm. same building, right? It's not that competitive. It's more like scarcity mindset doesn't really help you. You're going to not grow at all. And by having the abundance mindset, you're going to be able to scale it way faster. And people in your space are going to push you harder. Hey, why are you doing this one? This is actually better. Go take a look at that one and consider it right yep yep exactly and that's perfectly how you put it that as you mentioned not having that scarcity mindset and having that abundance abundance mindset and realizing that that investor may be in a totally different market they're at a totally different stage they're maybe doing a different capital raise than what you're looking to do but you're able to connect and and share ideas and and just figure out how it works together Exactly. And especially when you start syndicating deals, you'll actually meet a lot of good syndicators as well in all different spaces and different times. And they'll try to network with you and hook you up with different deals because they can't take down all deals. No one, none of us can take down all the same deals at the same time, right? There's not enough, you know, hopefully there is later, but not enough abundance of money to fund all of deals. And people make a choice. Investors make a choice too. Oh, yeah, most, most certainly. So some people go on, get, uh, you know, they go on to different podcasts and then like guests, for example, go on different podcasts um, and they're talking about their stories and everything else. How often do people actually listen to that podcast and contact them and take some kind of action based on it? Like what kind of results are you seeing? Yeah, I find that it starts off, who's your target audience? Who are you looking to talk to? And I say that because sometimes you may see someone that's a multifamily expert and they go on a self-storage or mobile home park and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And you could say, conversely, if you're a wholesaler flipper and you go on multifamily shows, it's just, it's not going to make a whole lot of sense that that audience could have a hundred thousand listeners, but you're going on the wrong, you're going on the wrong show. That said, you want to ensure that you're attacking the right audience, that you're going on the audience shows that are going to resonate most with you. And then when it comes down to that, I say, it really, what are you putting out there? Are you being too overly promotional or are you going out there and providing value? And I always say the more value that you provide, the better off you're going to be in the long run. Some podcasts you may be a guest on and you might get two leads from it. Some you may get eight, some you may get 10, four, you know, it's it's all over the board, but it really just comes down to, are you going to use podcasting as a consistent strategy? You can't have the expectation to go on one podcast and to have that solve all your problems, it has to sort of be like an, an ongoing strategy or maybe you do one a week or one every other week and, and you just consistently do it. You consistently build yourself up and then that's what allows you 
to get those leads to your business instead of just going on one podcast and expecting it to just solve all your issues. I think, yeah, I think it's really great to be on multiple podcasts. And, uh, you know, as you say, have great conversations. One thing to take away from that is that really you're learning to have different conversations with all different types of people all across the world. And from those, you, you really gain a lot of knowledge and stories. You share feedback and that you're create, you're getting into the audiences as a host, a guest, you learn how to be a better speaker. You learn how to have a more dynamic story. You learn how to provide value. The more value you provide, the better the conversation goes. And hopefully the more, time you're getting attention into hearing your story and you know take away from that is that hopefully short form medium or long that people actually do want to contact you so you can kind of engage and see how what kind of results are you getting by yourself even if let's say that show has a great audience but your rating sucks on your show was it you was it the mm-hmm. conversation was it just the wrong platform for your, your your questions and your information or did the questions they asked you weren't really that valuable to really telling your story that's the hard part too if i don't if i ask you just simple questions am i really helping you as the host tell your story yeah probably probably not because because it's, uh, it's always find the easy questions they can come and go in, in a few seconds and they and they don't take that much thought process when yeah. you have those more elaborate questions when you dive deeper into it it allows someone to get the full understanding of what you do hmm. so let's dive into to that too let's play like let's say this i'm a host and i ask you really simple questions how do you as a guest make it better like because you know for example just for example the host didn't think about it they were busy they didn't really ask you questions They're just kind of just playing it off right now how do you as a guest make your podcast better because you're already on it and you're live for example i find the best way to go about it is is by sharing stories if you're getting questions that aren't too difficult to answer or you can tell that they weren't well researched just try to try to tie stories into it. And I find that people relate more with stories than you just going out there and sharing details. And I find that the more that you can share stories, if possible, like if someone says, how did you get started in real estate investing or, or what's your next deal? Instead of saying, oh, I have um, a hundred unit in Kansas City coming up for deal. You could say, oh, you know, you, you can go into it and say, oh, you know, I was looking in Kansas City. I, I looked at all these deals. This one really stuck out. It was, uh, you know, a class C property, I can bring it up to a class B, I'm going to do this for the raise, you know, these are the, you know, I can add a fitness center, a, a pool, this is what I'm going into it, just all those different things, it just makes it sound a lot better than just being sort of direct. So the more share, more stories they're able to share, the more the audience is going to relate to you. And, and of course, when the audience relates to you, that's most likely going to increase the amount of people coming to you and, and potentially increase the amount of leads. I completely agree. And it's kind of like an interview, for example, like when you go into a job interview, you can ask you questions, you can just straightforward answer them, but that doesn't really help you. What really captivates a interviewer is really telling your stories like you just mentioned. So if you ask me any question, I need to be able to have improv and have knowledge and hopefully you're expert. Even if you're not expert, you have stories in general, right? Even if you're just starting a new agent, a new person, first investor, you have stories because you're learning how to do the process. Tell your story when you go through the questions, whether it's a podcast or interview, the more dynamic you make your story, the more vivid and lively and entertaining and funny, or, you know, has certain details, the more they can see like, Hey, this guy's, this guy, girl's great. I love having conversation and people will start playing off each other and being, having, having a better conversation, right? Almost certainly. And when you're able to play off each other, everything feels natural. As I'm sure, Matthew, you know, you do have, you know, everyone's probably going to have preset questions just set out there. But when you can hop off that script and you can just have a nice natural conversation where you're just going back and forth, it just sounds more natural. Maybe it doesn't sound as much scripted, then it's just going to be better for the host, the guests, and then for the audience that's listening to the interview as well.
Yeah, you can really tell too when, even for us, for example, we give you a list of questions, but we really just did the research. We give you a good list of questions. It helps you feel comfortable because you, you going in as a guest, okay, here's a general layout of what we're going to talk about. But then, of course, things can hop off topic as the more fun you have that it just gets going. You like you don't even look at the questions anymore. You're just like, it's just a general guideline. Like you, you don't have to follow a script. I'm not even looking at it right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, that that's perfect. And I feel so our conversation, you know, it's just, going off script it's just going where the questions go and i find that at least being a podcast host as i'm sure that you know that as you start to dive into people's conversations there's a lot more that you can pull out of it than just what their website or what their bio is because there's only so much of that you that you can put online but then mm -hmm. when you start to get down into the stories and their real experience then it just opens up a whole new world of possibility and that's the fun part too, like really being able to open someone up, dive in deep and really see their why, their how, how everything, the good and bad, right? And like learning from that experience because the more you can share deeper, the better is entertaining and you know helps provide value to the audience. Uh, and I like that, that's the fun part of it. So let's do the opposite. Let's say this, um, the host and the guest, for example, you uh, as the host, I ask you questions, but as a guest, you're kind of nervous and or you don't know what to say. And this, it gets hard for me to have a conversation with you because I'm like pulling teeth, trying to get <laughs> you to talk and like, you don't share. How does the host um, make it better? I would say the way that the host would probably make it better in that situation would just by starting with easy softball sort of questions. How did you get started in real estate investing? What's the next deal that you're looking to do? What's the best advice that you would give our listeners? And I call those sort of softball questions. They're fairly easy to answer. If you, even if it's a real estate investor that's a little bit newer, they're going to have a why. Why do they get started in real estate investing? They're probably looking at another deal that's out there. And just really asking those really simple rudimentary questions is probably going to be what's best as a host. Because the last thing that you want to do as a host is be feel as though you're pulling teeth to uh to get the to get the guests to answer questions and especially if someone is a little bit newer and they haven't been on as many episodes sometimes that can't happen and it just I, it's just a little bit harder as a host so again by asking those sort of softball questions it allows you to open up and, and dig a little bit more they'll talk to you about their first investment that they have made and then you can start to say questions like why did you do that what made you do I don't know. Why did you decide to, you know, add an extra bedroom in that house hack? What was the reasoning behind that? Why did you decide to furnish the basement? And it just allows you to ask more questions and allow them to become more comfortable over time. Yeah, and I, I agree. So as a host, like you want, you brought the person on for a reason. You asked them to be on the show. They asked you to be on your show. You really want to help them too because it's a two-way conversation. You really see, sometimes people are nervous. Some people are super tired or distracted. Something went on right before. You don't even know what happened. Someone got sick. Something happened, but they still came on your show. So really, your job as a host is have fun, make it lighthearted, really help them go through the go through it might be the first time doing a live video and they're not comfortable with the camera and then they're trying but as a host you're just you know having fun and helping them walk through their their journey because they did it in some aspect of first time buying first time flipping first time investing syndicating whatever it may be but the more fun you can have and dig in deep and learn about different types of people like the disc profile for example everyone has different profiles mm -hmm. and different weight styles so you try to help and just engage and share the value back because first time of everything is really valuable because it's for all of us our first time is the hardest one right and we don't we might not remember that oh exactly and then as you're talking as a host even if you're a guest and you've never been on a podcast before and you're going on your first show it's probably going to be uncomfortable you're going to be wondering is, is my story sound okay? Am I talking all right? Is the mic working properly? Can they hear me? What is the audience going to think of me? You know, there's, there's all these questions that are going to be going 
through your mind as a potential guest. And it's just going to be uncomfortable, especially if you've never done it before. But I can guarantee you the more interviews that you do, or conversely, if you're a host, the more interviews that you conduct, you're going to get better at it. You're going to sound a lot better. It's just going to make you feel more comfortable. I could imagine, Matthew, that when you first started your podcast, it was probably a little uncomfortable in the beginning, especially if you've never interviewed anyone. And then yeah. now, as you mentioned, you know, you're know, you 50 episodes into it. It's not that it's always never not that it's going to be super easy but you probably feel more comfortable you know what to do and it's just a little bit easier of a process exactly everything takes time like all of us can't be running i'm not even running yet right we're still we're still walking and it takes time to be like for example joe rogan like they're natural they're having a lot of fun they have millions of followers they have Mm -hmm. a certain style and people love it right how do you get to that level takes a lot of efforts like they just didn't do in a day how many years have they been going you know quite a bit yeah, yeah quite a bit. Time, right? So like all of us can't do that. We have to earn our way up to there. We have to step, you know, and crawl all the way up to, to the top. Hopefully, you know, all of us can make it there. But so that's the fun part of it too. And even speaking, like how does, since you kind of have an idea too, how does like Joe Rogan style and his podcasting work? And how does I, his guests, you know, have such great conversations? Yeah, I find for him, he just does so much, so much research on the guests and I can imagine he probably has a big team behind it. And yeah. I also find that he also has a, his interviews for the most part in person, which he, I believe he still, he still had done throughout the pandemic. And I think when they would come into his office, he would give them tests and, and make sure everything was okay. And I find that yeah. most people, they don't have that, they don't have that possibility where, you know, Matthew, we're, I think we're, I believe we're on different coasts <laughs> in, in, in the U S so it's a little bit harder for, for me to hop in the car and, and drive there or, or hop on a plane and, and fly out to fly out to have the interview in person. And I find that that that's probably what allows him to really connect with the, with the guests is by having that in-person conversation. But again, it's not to say we can't have a phenomenal conversation being again on two different coasts and having a nice conversation. So I would say probably goes back to having that in person. And then also he's done it. Probably the, uh, the last 20 years, he was, I believe, a stand-up comic before he even started the podcast. And, you know, it goes back to honing on his craft. I guarantee you, probably when he first started his podcast, they probably weren't three or four-hour episodes. He was probably crazy to crazy to think about that, but he honed on his craft. He continued to master it. And then now it's, you know, probably top 10 show out there in the world. Yeah, I think they're, they're natural at it now because being natural means you probably perfected it and you spent the mm-hmm. years perfecting your craft and it's really hard like none of us can do it in one year you're being you're going to be great it's not that easy right so you know jumping to the next topic too like what's the pros and cons of hosting you know being a host versus being a guest which one do you do do you do both do you focus on one side yeah so i've actually for the longest time i was pro being a guest and not hosting a podcast but i actually started my own podcast at the end of may and I could say that I, w- I wish I hadn't shared as I wish people didn't take my advice on that because <laughs> I love I love both aspects of it. And and what I mean by that is it's nice being a guest where I don't have to do as much preparation work, Matthew, as your team did. And I still get to hop on and, and have a nice conversation with you and, and also leverage your audience that's p- potentially never heard of me before. But then I also like the aspect of being a host. And then when I bring on guests and I'm able to interview them, well, I haven't done a real estate investment myself. I'm only talking to real estate investors and I'm looking to do my first deal. So I get to ask them all these questions and, and they give me all the all these pieces of advice where if I just called them out of the blue and tried to have a 30 minute conversation with them asking about how to put the first deal under contract or I was looking at one property and the whole the person in the first floor had smoked and it was just 
in the in the building and it just smelled absolutely terrible. So I could have a conversation with them and they tell me to go to Lowe's or Home Depot and, and buy this can of paint and, and it's going to work out. So I find that just both aspects of it are really nice where you can be a guest. You don't have to do as much preparation work as the host, but then also as a host, you get to ask really more personal questions. And I find that by asking these personal questions, you get to answer your own questions. And I find that that's, that's really nice. And, and instead of going to someone and say, Hey, can I pick your brain? Where by inviting them on your podcast, you're basically doing that, but in a less construed way and you're still able to talk to them and, and ask them the questions that you want. Yeah, I love that too, because even within our last 50 um, guests, it's been a lot of fun and you've learned so much as a host. And yeah, especially asking, for example, syndicators, uh, fund managers, lawyers, you're getting access to all these people and coaches and mentors. Like normally, yeah, for example, 350, 450, 1200, 2000 plus an hour. And they're hopping on your show, having a great conversation and giving you all these details and exposure. And they're sharing it for free to your audience as well. So as a host, you get to benefit of really asking the hard questions say, hey, I really want to know all these questions about things and i would never get the access to ask and you know they wouldn't have the time of day to really help you unless you're paying that kind of money so the the platform that you're setting up here becomes phenomenal it becomes a uh, investment in this you know really good uh, knowledge to share yeah exactly and then after the interview you can go back and it's it's there forever you can go and listen to it and, you know how many times have you had a conversation with someone that not on a podcast interview maybe you're on a phone call with them and you're asking them some questions and you're trying to write it down in your notebook and you thought you wrote it down then you come back an hour or two later you look and and you forget <laughs> you forget everything that you had written down you forget <laughs> everything that the ho that the person had said and then all of a sudden you're like oh i wish i could have had that conversation recorded where on a podcast interview that is recorded so it's nice having that added benefit as well where you can go back and if you did ask that guest personal questions as a host it's going to be recorded so that way you don't have to try to jam it all into it into a note section you can come back at a later point and it's always going to be there i like that too yeah and i even said this before even before i started podcasting like i'm having such great conversations with people i should really record this <laughs> and i'm like why don't i and you just start recording and then it just becomes a lot of fun and it just becomes what it is today. And that's just that mindset. If you're having great conversations with people, why not record it? Why not have on YouTube, make it public, say, hey, let's do an interview instead. And I have a conversation, make it on podcast on YouTube, right? And I see people do two podcasts. Some people do podcasting too. They don't add the YouTube element. And actually, I love both elements of it because mm -hmm. I can actually see you have a better conversation, really engage, you know, see, read your emotions and hear your story and see how passionate you are about you know real estate podcasting investing you can feel it right and people can sense that whether they're driving listening to podcasts or they come back later and, and watch on youtube that's uh that's a lot of fun too yeah and that was always interesting to me that people especially nowadays i would say back in 2015 when i had my show a di different show that i am running now people weren't doing as much uh, zoom I don't even think people, I think I was using Skype back then, but a lot of times it wouldn't be recorded over video. Video content was still very new. And then now, you know, in, in 2021, it's almost as if you're not producing video content, you're sort of getting left behind. And it's nice where we record the, we record the call over video and then Matthew, you're too, which is really nice where instead of just someone listening to me and finding the interview on iTunes or Spotify, wherever the person may be listening. Now they could go on Google and also pick it up there. And it's just another added benefit for not only the guests, but also the host to get more, expo more exposure for themselves. Thanks. So let's talk about podcasting you. What is podcasting you and what do you guys do and how do you guys help? 
Yep. So we are what's called a podcast booking agency. Never expected myself to start a like PR company. Sort of just came out. I I run a bunch of different companies up through high school and and going into college. This one just happened to be the most enjoyable and then also the most profitable one, which is why I continue continue to run it. And as I mentioned earlier, when I was going out there and freelancing my skills, I started working with this turnkey real estate investor out of LA, and that really was the start of the company now today where we help people in the real estate investing space to get them booked on other people's podcasts. And our team basically goes in and we take care of all the legwork for them, which typically on our end consists of like, we'll create a professional pitch and a professional one sheet. We'll reach out to the podcast hosts, present our client to them. And then the host will say, yes, you know, I want your client on my show. And and then we typically book the interview for the client where all they have to do is show up for the interview. And it's nice in the real estate investing space because you have so much going on in any given day, but you still want to be able to go out there and to promote your company. And you necessarily shouldn't be researching shows, writing your own pitch, sending out pitches, follow-ups, you know, all the, I say, sort of grunt work that our company is able to come in and take care of. And, and that's what we do is we just get real estate investors booked on other real estate investing shows. Sometimes that they want to go on business shows. Sometimes they want to go on accredited investor shows. Just depends on what they're looking for but our company just takes care of that work for them. So really all they have to do is show up for the interview. Nice. That's really helpful for, especially um, for investors and people who are busy that having a platform like yours to help them get to different shows makes it a lot easier because for example, I don't even know all the shows out there. There's so many real estate shows out there. Like, do I actually remember and know every single show, what their content is about, what their, uh, who their audience is and the size. And then is it fit for my, you know, for my agents mm-hmm. is it fit for myself to be on the show. That's a lot of uh, upfront legwork, right? So you guys start understanding that too. Like who's doing storage? Who's doing mobile homes? Who's doing multi-units? You know, who's doing commercial office buildings? Mm-hmm. And, yep. and that, was a, that was a big learning curve for myself because I, again, I had never invested into real estate investing before I decided to take the full turn and really only work with investors and then also real estate agents as well. And that was a big learning curve realizing that there are all these different niche asset classes in the real estate investing space. And that, again, you don't want to be promoting someone or trying to get someone on a multifamily show that isn't self-storage. You got to sort of break it down by the different asset classes within the real estate investing space itself. And that was sort of a learning curve that I had to come over and, and take a step back. And I started reading more real estate investing books, especially the bigger pockets books. They were super helpful learning as much as I could about real estate investing. And then I knew that was going to be able to help me when I'm within my company and, and talking to potential clients. And then also just understanding the lingo as it's you know, you don't really learn it in college or, or high school. No one, no one teaches you about real estate investing and, and the terms and definitions. I wish they did. I wish high school mm-hmm. and college actually taught you, you know, real financial literacy, like real life financial literacy and real estate, you know, and investing. And I wish they had that, those, you know, I would love to take that. I think in school, otherwise it wasn't that entertaining to me in those aspects, you know, but real estate was just became a passion at, at a young age and it became a lot of fun and learning how to do it. And yeah, I wish they had it in college. So yeah, talking about podcasting guests and, you know, being able to bring them onto the right show. The next part of that too, is being able to have the right pitch too, because as a host, Mm -hmm. you know, if you send me a bunch of people and like, this doesn't even match, I just declined them. And and then I might decline you too. I'm like, who's this guy sending me a bunch of stuff where everyone's busy in life. And then you really want to find really good guest speakers. Even if you're new, a new person, a new guest has some good stories to tell. And then the more you find that, you go, actually, that fits my audience. That would help. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear a new agent, a new investor, a new multi-unit storage unit, whatever, be on my show because I can learn from them too. Like what are their challenges they're going through? But if they give like no pitch deck, hey, I want to be on a show. 
What is that? Who are you? <laughs> Sorry, I, I would like to learn. I just don't have the time to figure out what you're telling me. But if you present a really good uh, pitch deck up front, hey, this guy has great stories He's talking about all these topics. I think it's really valuable to my audience. Something we want to hear. We haven't heard it otherwise. Yeah, send them to the show. It'd be great to have them um, and have a good conversation with them. So that matters too. The way it looks, the the questions you guys have up front, um, you know, what industry or what topic they're talking about and what their background is, their story helps. It matters. Almost certainly. And even if someone's out there and to give you an example, he worked with a client. So he was based out of Maine and he was a multifamily um, syndicator. But for all of his properties that he would go out there and own, he would make them all super energy efficient and do all this, you know, cool updated technology. Never been on a show. I think when we worked with him, I don't even think he had a website. I had to, I had to tell him to set up a website before going out there on the show. So even if someone is new to the space, there are hosts out there looking for yourself to share your story, especially if you are experienced, especially if it's something that's a little bit different, where in this case scenario, he, it was different, you know, making every, everything super energy efficient. I can't recall exactly what he did because we worked with him about a year ago. But I just remember he had, didn't even have a website or anything set up like that, never been on a podcast. He just happened to hear myself on a podcast and he ended up coming to work with us. So even if you are super, a little bit newer, or never even been on the show, there are still show, potential shows out there for you to go on. Nice. I think uh, he may, he might be like lead certified or lead, try to create a, like a lead platinum house. Like it's all mm -hmm. super energy efficient from the ground up. Yep. That's the fun stuff too. That's the, the whole different level of mm -hmm. um, investing in building in real estate to qualify for all those types. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Exactly. What are some red flags that you see or you tell potential guests to avoid? Like, Hey, you're hopping on a show, but you know, red flags in general, things to watch out for. Yeah, definitely. Number one is being overly promotional. I always know that every podcast there's going to be a time and place where the host is going to ask you typically as you get towards the end of the show about what your company does, how can the audience find you? You don't want to just be plugging it throughout the entire show. So that's, that's really a red flag. First and foremost, you don't want to be too overly promotional. I know I'm always listening to different podcasts. I'm sure your audience, they listen to, you know, your podcast or potentially other people's podcasts as well. And you can just tell when a guest is just on there to go out there and to promote themselves and to not provide a lot of value. So that's first and foremost, just don't be overly promotional. There's a time and place in every interview that you can promote your company and that's where you promote your company. And that's where you get your, you know, your 15 seconds of fame. Don't make the entire interview just about you and, and your company and, and what you're doing. And then two, just making sure that you're not answering questions just like right away. Like what I mean by that is like snap, like 10, 20 second answers. And then that's it. You want to have it, make it be conversational. You want to elaborate a little bit on your question, on your answers as a guest. And I find that's another part where, especially if someone's a little bit newer, they sometimes answer questions quickly because they are nervous, but you just want to expand. You want to take up, it doesn't have to be five minutes per question, but you know, a minute or two I find is, is great. Any more than that, the audience might tune you out. A little bit but just taking your time to answer the questions thoughtfully and, and purposefully and again just providing that value to the audience because again there's going to be a time and place during the interview where that host is most likely going to allow you to promote your company your service whatever that may be and just wait for that time and period don't just make it all about yourself yeah i find that uh, valuable too like when you see and hear different guests different different shows that yeah if the person is really over promotional you really don't want them on your show and you really will <laughs> it's a small community you actually will know because you when you listen to other real estate shows you probably hear them oh that person just said mm -hmm. abc company every single mi minute they can and like really it gets hard to have a conversation like in-depth conversation if you're just constantly promoting like everything's perfect in life everything is rainbows and you know, whatever um and then they're going like uh, how do I have this conversation for <laughs> the show? I'm already on it. You know, it's live, right? 
I guess it's tough <laughs> there, but when you provide massive value, people want to promote you. People want to help you because you gave the audience what they're looking for, what they need, and you're helping them. They, the host wants to be like, dude, tell me everything about your, your company. How do we join you? How do we help you, right? Mm -hmm. Be a part of it, you know? But if you're here taking, 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 no one wants to say, okay, call you later. What's your information? I just, okay, thanks. Thanks for being on the show. I'll see <laughs> yeah. you later, right? Yeah. That's kind exactly. of give and take, really. And yeah, you're right. Hosts will ask you more and more to tell you tell them about your company at the right time when it makes sense. Really here first and foremost is to, pro to provide massive value for the audience to learn more. Like for example, today we're talking about you, talking about your company, talking about how do you do podcasting? Why does it beneficial? And we're learning a lot. But otherwise, if you're just saying, hey, here's what we do, how we do it, here's why you should j join us, here's why you should do this and that. And like, does everyone want to hear that? Not exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you can think about it as a podcast host. If someone has never started their own podcast, they may not realize how much work goes into it. It's more than just recording the show. It's the preparation work. It's the editing of the show to go out there on the different platforms. It's promoting the show. It's going out to the email list. There's, there's a tons of time and processes and, and money spent into producing just even a single episode. So you have to understand that the podcast host is putting all this work into, you don't want to show up as a guest and do a terrible job and to f make that host feel as though they're wasting their money by talking to you. Very true. And another thing you, thing you would hate too is that you put all this effort into it and they don't show up. Oh, yeah. Yep. That, uh, I can say that that happened to me, uh, uh, Friday, I had three interviews to conduct with, with guests and two of them didn't show up. And I was like, yeah. it just, it's, I'm not going to say their names, but it's just irritating. It's like, you know, I'm sure Matthew, you know, it's it just, you have to prepare for it. You know, if you're a guest, don't, don't do that. I know for myself, I hold grudges. I don't, I've always had <laughs> their name. If, if someone asked me to recommend them, I would probably say no, but it's just, yeah. you know, it's just being courtesy, show up on time, be a good guest. Just don't, don't miss the interview. And if you, if a family emergency comes up, at least let the host know, you know, in advance that not someone like myself where i hop on and wait 10 minutes and have this nice prep sheet going and and to have that person never show up very true yeah because you, you put a lot of time effort and you have promotions you have marketing team you have all the research mm -hmm. and you get you get ready for a show and then hey they're not here what's crickets you know what's going, <laughs> yeah. on? what's going on or five minutes before the show starts oh i won't be able to make it yeah thanks for letting me know five minutes before you know how much prep work we just did to get here mm -hmm. and then you're, you're off to do your own thing right so it gets hard like yeah i really don't want to see you on the show it's okay i don't i don't need it it's fine you can be <laughs> yeah. the top number one person doesn't matter right mm -hmm. just like kind of disrespectful unless it was emergency totally cool with that that's fine you know we understand everyone understand should understand that almost oh, certainly yeah and, and as you mentioned just being respectful courteous again if you have a family emergency just let the host know because it's it's the worst thing in the world if you are a guest and you miss the interview and or you just don't show up to the interview and i know for me like i have to get mentally prepared for it like i don't just hop into the interview like i get mentally prepared for it i'm on the interview and then it takes me like another 15 20 minutes to decompress after the interview even if someone doesn't does. show up because I'm, I'm in this mindset so just be courteous and if you're a guest just make sure that you hop on the interviews it, it saves hosts uh, a lot of headaches <laughs> i appreciate that yeah that's very true and hosts appreciate you coming on the show too because they know you're taking valuable time out of your day to be on the show as well yep, exactly so how does for example for guests like for example why does creating landing pages, social media posts, in addition to the interview matter? And how does it help them grow their audience? Yeah, most certainly. So I find that over time that our clients were sending the listenership just directly to the homepage on their website. And I thought to myself, well, 
they're getting about a 1% conversion rate. What happens if we could increase that just slightly, 3 or 4%? Not, the, not to say that you're going to get a 10 or 20% conversion rate. I wish, that was, <laughs> I wish that was possible. But I found that by setting up a dedicated landing page, whether that's for each interview or you just have, a, like myself, I just have one specific landing page set up that I send the listeners to, that by doing that, it increases your conversions because I found that, and it's more my gut telling me this, but I believe that it would be factual that by sending someone to your homepage, uh, on a, sending someone to your homepage, they start to click around, they go to all these different pages, they go to your blog, they go to the about section, then all of a sudden they forgot why they were on your website in the first place, and then they hop away, and and that's the end of it. Where by sending them to a specific landing page, it allows that person they only have one direct action, whether that's to say download a free ebook, course, webinar book a consultation call, you're only giving that person one option to do. And I found just by doing that, it allows you to increase your leads a little bit more. And then conversely, when you're going out there and doing the interviews, promoting your interview on social media, it just allows you to reach an even further of an audience. It allows you to build more credibility with your listeners, potentially that you had someone that's interesting in investing in your deal. They've heard of you a little bit, but all of a sudden you promote your latest interview on LinkedIn. They click over to it. They listen to it. Oh yeah, I, I trust this guy. And that's, I can tell you that's happened to me before where someone heard myself on an interview and then our company had done a cold outreach campaign and like, oh, I heard you on this podcast. You know, I want to, you know, that helped build credibility by me promoting it out there through across the social media platforms. And then two, the host is doing all this work to produce the show, to produce these social media posts. The least that you could do is put it to your email list, promote it to your audience out there and allow the host to get more listeners to their show. And it's just going to be better beneficial. The more listeners that the host gets to your show, the better off it's going to be for you. So just do a nice favor and promote that out there on the social media channels. Because one, it's just good business aspect to do that for the host. And then two, it just gives you additional exposure for yourself outside of just doing the interview because potentially someone might, someone that doesn't listen to podcasts but goes on Instagram a lot, they hear that 30 second or one minute clip, there's potential for them to find you there versus just only having one avenue um, listening to through a podcast platform. I agree. Yeah. Nowadays, I tell everyone too, like, hey, you're not just a sales agent. You're not just a you know investor. You are really a marketing company, marketing agency. And that's what like, Gary Vaynerchuk says. Like, everyone's a marketing company. Like, how are you creating a brand? Your name, your brand. Like, what are you doing out there to create an audience? Oh, yeah, I have an audience. I sell real estate, whatever, right? But like, okay, your audience is 100. You really need to get to like hundreds of thousands of people. Mm -hmm. So you can really scale it if you want to build your business that way and you want to create it. But it's a brand that matters. It's a personal trust level, the values you provide, and it creates an audience. And the more you can engage and create a better, bigger audience, then the more fun you're going to have too, because you're not just talking to one person. You can share your mm -hmm. values, your stories to hopefully millions of people and then you know just have fun doing it. Oh, exactly. And, and podcasts are a great platform for that, whether that you're a guest or whether you're a host. There's so many different content creation pieces that you can cre create. I know we, we talked about YouTube. You can put your interview on YouTube. You could even, especially if it's over video, take a five, 10 minute snippet. And let's say it's an hour long interview. You just take a short little snippet of it and you promote it out there again on YouTube. You could take a minute clip from it. You can promote it into little videos. You can promote it LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can create um, you know, standard posts from a quote that was pulled from the from the interview. There's just so many different content aspects that are at play from one single interview. Like I always say, like when I do an interview, I could probably create one to two weeks worth of content and social media posts just from that one interview. And I find that sometimes people underutilize that where 
you're already spending a good amount of your time on this podcast. Why not just take it another step further and utilize it even further? I agree too. And I think like yeah, Gary Vaynerchuk said, like, for example, one piece of content could be used 36 different ways. And of mm-hmm. course he has a ninja team to do all that. But yeah. for, you know, as a solo person, you really want to find a way to do that, whether it's, you know, hiring assistants, VAs, yourself, uh, working with, you know, family to help you scale that content, because why waste that one content on just one piece when you can break it up? Like you mentioned 36 different ways, for example, and, you know, all different platforms and different clips of it to provide value, because really you're trying to scale that content that you just had. And if you spend an hour on a, on a you know, podcast, why not rather than just using it one time? Hey, I just went on a podcast. Here you go. Post done next one. Right. Mm-hmm. That doesn't doesn't scale as well. Um, another thing people say is that hey, um, I'm older. I sound whatever. I look whatever. It doesn't matter. But like, oh, should I be on podcast or like, I don't want to see my face on YouTube. I don't. People don't want to see me. And I tell them it doesn't matter. Really, what matters is you having mm-hmm. your story, providing your value, sharing it to everyone. You will find the audience, no matter how old you are, how young you are, whatever. You'll find your audience, right? And you can see great examples of that from on YouTube. You see great examples of like, kids or you see great examples of senior, senior age uh, people and they're killing it too. Oh, exactly. I would say it doesn't even matter your age. I know at least from our company's standpoint, we took on two investors that were over the age of 70 and they were nice. still, you know, running to run their, run, run their company and, and raise capital. And, you know, a lot of people you talk to in real estate, they're, you know, 30s, 40s. But there are people that are older that are still looking to do it. And I don't think that should shy away from, and especially more so on them, not to hone in on their age, but they're not as great when it comes to like using Zoom and, and, and being technical. But again, there's there's resources out there that you can use. There's YouTube that you can watch a video, how to set up a mic, how to you know hop onto Zoom as, as I have to walk through and, and teach them. But if you have a great story, and especially someone that's going to be older, you probably have tons of experiences and tons of stories that you could be sharing with that podcast uh, that podcast audience that they would love to hear from. Exactly. And especially, I like it a lot because I can say, hey, you've been here for 70 years, you've been here for 100 years. Imagine <laughs> how many stories you have to share in your life. We're only, you know, 30s, 40s over here. Like, you know, how much stories do you have? I would love to hear all of them. Like, how was that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Then, yep, like, exactly. How did it change? You invest in real estate when it's 10%, 12%. Why would you do that? Isn't that expensive? Like, how was your mindset versus us paying only two point something percent? Mm-hmm. You know, but of course, the like, price is different, but it's still the same kind of principles. Like, you did it, right? Yeah, they should stare at your stories. I'm sure they have a lot. You have a lot of fun at dinner table, especially when you talk about real estate investing. A lot of people mm-hmm. want to pay attention to that. So, in podcasting, too, um, you talked about before putting your podcast episodes into blog posts, putting them into SEO, like writing SEO content based on those blog posts and podcasting. Why does that matter? I find that the more ways that you can promote your interview, the better off in the long run it's going to be for you where, as I men- as you mentioned, you can take, you can create numerous amounts of content to go out there on social media, but there's also a nice SEO aspect of it where you've probably talked a lot about real estate investing. There's a lot of I say SEO rich keywords, which in that essence is, is Google is trying to rank for those keywords. And it's going to help basically get more people going to your site from Google, which I always call like inbound leads, which are those are people that are searching for a problem. They see something on your site that talks about their problem. They hop on over to your site and that's how they get connected with you. So by having a full 30, 45 hour long podcast interview, you can turn it into a really nice blog post. And I use a tool out there there's a couple of different tools, but I use one called Otter 
Ai. I believe it was $100 for the year. They give you like 6,000 minutes worth of content and they do a phenomenal job when it comes to, they'll basically try and transcribe the entire interview and then our team would go back and create a nice blog post out of it. I hired a VA to do that. So I, I can't speak on how long it takes because I <laughs> knew I, I didn't want to do that. I didn't have the time to do that, but I saw the value in doing it. And I could tell you that on our, at least on our website, when I go into Google Analytics and, and see where people are clicking over from, I can tell you done and turn those into blog posts that people are clicking from Google and, and hopping over to our site. So I definitely say just an, just another added step. The more ways that you're able to go out there and promote yourself and your company and, and what you're doing, is the more people are going to find you. And obviously, when the more people find you, the more money you're able to raise, the more clients that you have, and it's just better all around. Yeah, I think that really matters too, because when you're, yeah, like we said, everything ties together in a sense that if you're doing these podcasts, you're doing it for a reason, you want to raise money, you want to build your business, then adding these key elements um, over time, you don't have to do all at once, but adding each one of these will actually increase your, hopefully increase your business, but it doesn't definitely increases your audience and having assistance, learning how to lead, learning how to delegate, mm -hmm. learning how to hire uh, people and to help you do those jobs. Because of course, if you're busy doing investing, you don't have time to do all the marketing, social media, uh, transcribing, mm -hmm. podcasting, YouTube, editing, everything is too much, right? Even us, we don't do all of it. We, we have a team to help spread it out so that we can really make it, you know, and slowly perfect it over time. Like our first episode was not the same level <laughs> as you know, like near your 50th episode, right? You learn over time. You just keep adding one up every single time, like 1% and improve it. Yep, yep, exactly. And as you mentioned, hiring and delegating, that's been the biggest piece for my business. And I think anyone that's a business owner or investor that's looking to grow their business, you can't wear all the hats. I couldn't do all the social media marketing. I couldn't do all the blog posts. I have certain aspects of my business where I go out there and I focus on, you know, getting new clients and handling the sales calls. I can't, anyone that's in any business, you have to go out there and you have to delegate your work. It's just, it's too much. You're going to burn yourself out. And, and that's the last thing that you want to do. And yeah, we talk about that all the time too. For example, if let's just say you're making hundred dollars an hour, why do you continue to do the $10 hour jobs? Mm -hmm. Really that's better, better handled by a person who's at the $10 level hour job right now. And then they slowly grow up, but you're also helping provide more jobs out there and you're taking your time back. So your time back shouldn't just be sitting there sleeping and doing nothing unless you want mm -hmm. to, but if otherwise you should actually be producing more. And some people get stuck on the mentality of, Oh, I can do everything. It needs to be done by me it'll be perfect right like no mm -hmm. you have to take the 80 20 rule and start dropping dollar per hour anything lower than your dollar per hour should be delegated out right unless you enjoy it for a specific reason it's fun as a hobby that's okay you know yep yep exactly that's a that's a perfect point and that's hard for people to do and people talk about podcasting i don't have time for this i'm like really you need to learn how to hire you need to learn how mm -hmm. to find the people how to delegate it out because once you start doing this it becomes a lot of fun and then hopefully over time you can monetize it in certain ways that you want um if you have a few minutes let's talk about monetization of podcasting how do how do you monetize podcasting yeah i find that one you know let's say your podcast host one first and foremost you're able to promote your own product or services whether that's in the intro, the outro, the podcast, whether that's during the middle of the podcast and also just you know putting yourself out there. So if you're trying to raise capital and you want to start a podcast where you're not necessarily talking too much about raising capital throughout the entire show, but maybe in the beginning you say, you know, I'm looking to raise capital for this specific deal. If you're interested, come find us. Then you hop into the episode. So that's, you know, that's one area. And then two, you can also get sponsorships for your show. And what I mean by sponsorships is that I'm sure we've all listened to a podcast where 
perhaps there's a property management software company that's looking to get in front of real estate investors across the country. Well, you talk to real estate investors across, across the country. So they come to you and they sponsor your show. They pay you $500 per episode for you to promote them at the beginning of your episode. So I find that those two ways are, are really the biggest, but more often than not, really just being able to go out there and promote your own content or promote your own products and services. And I don't want to say so much promoting, but it's just, you know, the, the longer that someone listens to you and they hear about you, you build more authority, you build more trust. And then that's what allows that person to come over to you. Yeah, you're building trust. And especially that's a good keyword trust is because when you're listening to podcasts, hopefully you're earning their trust. And if they're listening to you for hour long, you pretty much have helped them provide a value and they see some good potential and they might actually call you and they probably would. And then if you can help them further, then you can, you know, potentially increase your business and helping create new relations, client relationships. That's the yeah. fun part about it too. Like when I hear our podcast, like, oh, you listen to my podcast. I didn't even know that. And like you're telling me now and you're like, one person's jogging while they're listening to my podcast. I'm like, really? You're jogging? So hi, I thank you for that. Yeah. And that's really fun and cool to hear that you listen to podcasting while you're jogging, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's never now. Yeah, exactly. You never know. You never know who's listening. It actually becomes really valuable, especially as a host and as a guest. You'll pick up many clients throughout. People will call you and say, hey, I heard your podcast. I heard you talking about this. I'm actually interested in that. Can you tell me more? Um, how do I book an appointment? How do I you know, go to the next steps? And it works and you help people and you don't know how many people you're going to help until you get there. And podcasting takes time so for example first day you're not getting hundreds of followers or thousands of followers you can get like one okay it's okay over time we'll start going to 10 20 50 100 and going to more right and some people i hear like thousands of people listening per download is like thousands yeah yeah it's crazy how over time just the more that you do it the more that you're going to build your listenership up and even if you start off you might start off with you know five ten listeners but again over time as you're honing on the craft you get a little bit better and a year or two later, now you have that thousand thousands of listeners per episode, which you probably couldn't even imagine when you're first starting off. Exactly. And one thing to factor into is that not, even if you put a new episode out, people actually go to your other episodes and those episodes start increasing over time as well. Mm, so yeah. everything scales together up. That's all, you know? Yeah. Cool. Um, thank you so much for being on our show today. How do people reach out to you? Sure. So if they have any questions about podcasting or our company, they can go to or they can just email me Trevor at podcastingyou.com. Or I did write a free report that says talks about the seven things to know before you go out there and be a podcast guest. And you can get that by going to podcastingyou.com slash free report. Nice. Thank you so much, Trevor, for being on our show. Actually, you know, it's quite a bit of fun. Learned a lot. The hour went by quick and, mm -hmm. you know, super excited to share that with our audience. And hopefully this helps our audience just get started, just start podcasting, just start making it, start asking guests to come on your show. And even later, invite us to your show too, you know, let's see what we can do together. All right, guys, have a great day. Thanks for being on Truth About Real Estate and we'll see you in the next one.